Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come on in, the water's fine. Splashing around this corner, no stranger to the tides, though treading tides of a stranger nature, Baywatch Knights. And the challenger displacing the eddies of life itself, are you afraid of the dark? I wouldn't want to get between these two moist marauders in this episode of Put Up Your Spoon. This week's theme... Cabin fever. I had such hard cabin fever that I didn't want to leave my cabin. Lately you've been like, hey, uh, you want to do some day drinking? Or, and I'm like, no. And I shut all the doors and close all the blinds. <laughs> yeah, you you really committed hard to quarantine. I'm, I am ready to get out. Yeah, now I'm, I'm ready again. So our theme is cabin fever, but it was supposed to be like summertime beach horror. Uh, because spoiler alert, we're going to be doing Baywatch nights. And, uh, I was like, yeah, so pick a nice, uh, beach themed, uh, episode. And so Ryan comes back to me with this episode set at a vacation cabin at a lake, but it's got nothing to do with water. It's only got to do with this creepy cabin. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, uh oh, uh, so I found a Baywatch show that was entirely about a cabin oh, called the cabin so this week's theme cabin fever i really wanted to do an episode of goosebumps and there is one called ghost beach oh but i started watching it and the yeah. the kids were all wearing winter jackets so i was like no nah, this isn't gonna fly <laughs> but they're always wearing winter jackets and are you afraid of the dark yeah. well yeah I, we may need to revisit ghost beach because we will revisit Baywatch Nights. Well, yeah, Jeff's been really aching to do Baywatch Nights for months and months and months. I mean, I never even watched Baywatch. But when I heard that there was a spinoff that dealt with the paranormal, I, I just I had to know. It just seems so strange and berserk. And what and is the deal with it? Is it? Did Mitch, like, open up a detective agency or something? I know nothing about Baywatch Nights. They'd made a spinoff, which was about a detective agency. Okay. And Mitch, David Hasselhoff's character, Mitch Buchanan, uh, would moonlight with this detective agency. And the first season was all about burglary, homicide, kidnapping, yada yada and nobody watched it so then they decided. nobody watched it and they're like do you know what's big right now x files so season two oh. made a hard turn into the paranormal it makes total and sense it's totally crazy and still nobody watched it actually i want to talk to you about things that go bump in the night do you believe in ghosts no no but they scare me my name's jeff i'm representing the 90s <laughs> yeah question mark this is jeff and he's hella 90s and i'm ryan and i'm just mildly 90s i know you're gonna try and squeeze some 80s out of this hellaciously 90s episode i i acknowledge what you said that i will never not try to fight for 80s credential are you sure this is the place let me check yep this episode of are you afraid of the dark is the tale of the captured souls. A fade up on a cabin by a lake. Danielle and her parents drive up, and Danielle is immediately bored. She really wanted to go to the ocean and not some crummy lake, but her dad's like, what, are you too old to have fun with your old man? And she's like, no, 
So that's that. Danielle tries to open the door of the cabin, but it's locked. And then she touches a mirror above the door looking for a key and receives a shock. And suddenly the door flies open and the seemingly lone proprietor of the vacation cabin is a boy named Peter who dresses like he's from the 20s and is a weasel. He looks like he has a broom glued to the top of his head. I feel like he probably just had a 90s bowl cut, like every kid back then, and then they just teased it out. They teased it out and hit it with, like, uh, baby powder, but it looked insane. He had this, like, pale, sleepy look, and I was like, oh, what, what other episodes has he been in? I recognize that kid, because he looks like every kid from every episode of these shows we watch and so i looked up his credits and he hasn't been in a single other episode he just has a perfect face for are you afraid of the dark (laughs) so he takes him inside tells him they have the place all to themselves danny uh who hates to be called danielle notices that there are mirrors absolutely everywhere on every wall and uh, peter says that his family has been collecting them for decades and the dad immediately makes a sex joke about the mirror above the bed and, like, points at his wife's butt. I kind of like him. And, and, then, and then we move on from that. Yeah, these parents are pretty cool. Danny touches another mirror, gets another shock. Peter says the wiring is bad, and she says... In the mirror? Later, Danny and her dad play, are playing baseball in the front yard, and they invite Peter to join, but he's like, ah, I'm not much of a sportsman. And then uh, <laughs> he totally sucks and, like, misses a catch, and he throws like a baby and has no energy whatsoever. He's, like, ready to keel over. Mom comes out, and she wants to take a picture of everyone, and he has enough energy to freak the fuck out. No! Pete! So he takes it and says, oh, I'll take the picture. And then he stares at the Polaroid and laughs like a villain. Later on, Danny investigates the attic because, like, a baseball falls down out of there. It's, I don't know, an unremarkable bedroom. And suddenly Pete gives her kind of a jump scare and explains that he actually has no parents. And he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He, he hasn't much guile, this guy, except for his genetic guile. Well, we'll see later. <laughs> Danny... Danny finds, <laughs> she's like continuing to poke around his room and she finds a photograph of... Is that like ghost DNA, the genetic guile? An octopus has great genetic guile. Got it. So Danny finds this picture of uh, this kid who looks exactly like Peter and it says it's from 1920 and he's like, oh, that's my grandfather. And then she finds a science experiment where he is transferring energy from one flower to another. They're really going out of their way in this episode to set up what's going on and then he's like uh anyway you got one hell of a zit there and she's like no and she runs down to her bedroom mirror to to uh just check it out and she touches the mirror and gets another shock ouch and you think by now she would learn to stop actually touching the mirrors but no dice as soon as she leaves peter busts out some crazy machinery presses a button and all the walls start flipping around in his bedroom beakers and tubes dials and diodes chambers and glambers <laughs> um i absolutely loved this part <laughs> because i've always loved a super friend style secret machinery batman style secret lab or like headquarters or lair where everything folds out of the walls and you know like one thing popped out and then like the door slid in and another i mean the bed slid away and another thing popped out and like 
all right, that's pretty cool. And another thing popped out, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're really going for it. And then it kept going and <laughs> going and going. And I was like, holy shit, their entire budget for this <laughs> episode. Yeah, they or built like, that whole room. This must have been some other set from another movie because it was, like, legitimately awesome. I don't think it could have possibly been another set unless it was, like, a hell of a coincidence because they had all the energy-stealing equipment and, like, <laughs> beakers with, like, pictures of moms and dads on them. Included in his laboratory IE are spy cams where he can see each one of the family. So he activates a machine, steps into a tubular chamber, seals himself inside there, and we cut to the dad who's checking out himself out in the mirror. He looks down at his watch and it's, like spinning forward super fast so not only is he stealing energy but manipulating the time stream i guess and the dad's hair is turning gray he notices and then cut to peter who again laughs like a villain So, yeah, at this point, it is 100% clear that Peter is draining vitality from his guests like some kind of techno-vampire. So the next day, they're playing baseball again, but now the family sucks at baseball because they're so tired, and Peter is blasting home runs. Danny goes to fetch his ball, and he's like, Fuck off! I'll get it! The woods are not for such as you. <laughs> and then uh, the parents are like so tired that they start doing really bad like comedy store impressions of old people. <laughs> They're like, ah, I just, it's all this fresh air. You're just doing a number on my old bones. I never could countenance this dang country air. Get me a licorice snap, won't you? Uh, I don't know if that's a real candy. Um, <laughs> no, it's the. I loved it. I loved it. The acting was bad in the beginning of the episode, but when they started pretending to be old people, it was like it elevated to a level of badness <laughs> really? that was just magnificent. Not like just old people, but like old nerdy. <laughs> I don't know, cardigan wearing. Yes, uh, they should have been shilling Pepperidge Farm cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so Danny, as her parents are aging, she's becoming a lady. She's like checking out her figure in the mirror, and she's so shocked that she touches <laughs> the mirror. <laughs> and it shocks her. Wouldn't you know it? So this time she's so furious at being shocked at like seven dozen times, she smashes the mirror to smithereens and there's like a hidden camera back there. The dad comes in and he's like, what have you done? That mirror came over on the Mayflower. I was there. She's like, fuck off, dad. And she throws a glass of water on the machinery and it all sparks and fizzles. The fact that she was ready to start an electrical fire <laughs> at a moment's notice, I was like, this teenager is reckless. Yeah, hormones. Yeah. Uh, and then as the mirror short circuits, Peter up in his chamber comes out a coffin filled with smoke. And uh, so Dan Danny's got her dander up. So she goes out into the woods and finds a graveyard. In and she finds a grave for a Peter born 1907 with no death date. And also like a man-shaped headstone and a woman-shaped headstone. 
and like a dog shaped headstone and like a goldfish shaped headstone and they all have just a bunch of hash marks like 30 hash marks each can can we take a moment to address this a moment of silence a moment of silence for peter's many 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 victims first of all it's insane that you would have a man-shaped headstone a woman-shaped headstone it's like his serial killer uh trophy you know right but i mean you can have a pauper's grave you can have a john doe but just man-shaped headstone and then hash marks because he's he's keeping count if you look at those numbers he easily blows body count out of the water (laughs) i don't care if you're talking about the skeletons at bigfoot ridge i don't care if you're talking about badge and all the skeletons in his pocket dimension i I really think peter is like the all-time killer for are you afraid of the dark i feel like he has a higher head count than even like your jason's or your freddy's yeah it's it's insane how many people he's killed and dogs and you know there's villains when you've got dogs of killings that is the put up your spooks guarantee <laughs> so by now the parents are so old they're just eating prunes by the fistful remembering world war Two, world war one <laughs> the franco-prussian war danny is like realizing what's going on slowly but surely she like goes to poke around his room again and there's just a big red button that's not hidden whatsoever so she pushes it all the stuff comes out she checks one of the cameras and sees her old old parents being served tea by an old old man but when she goes downstairs to see who the old old man is only peter is there serving tea i think she puts two and two together because all of a sudden get like five or six dutch angles in a row as she rushes from the house she goes back to the graveyard does some math about how many people and dogs peter has sucked the life out of he finds her back here and explains his entire master plan with a villainous laugh he says that her parents will be dead by nightfall and then they can be young forever and pimply and she should stay there and live with him and be his partner uh she escapes by snapping a polaroid photo and runs back into the house he doesn't try to stop her but instead goes back to his youth chamber and then danny goes up there and like he comes out but then she chases him back in with a mirror he probably should have just stayed in there and then she locks him in she finds a switch that reverses the polarity on the machine which he shouldn't have built into that machine he he really shouldn't have built Uh, that he was a victim of his own arrogance and then she says, You messed with the wrong girl, Petey boy. And then the machinery all starts smoking and she runs away and Peter comes out of the chamber. So I guess it wasn't actually locked at all. Why didn't he come out of there in the first place? <laughs> then she runs downstairs and the parents are young again. And they're like, Why? I remember the Gulf War. And then they get the hell out of there. And then <laughs> Danny looks back and there's like an old, old man in the, in the, cur- in the window. And he says, goodbye, Danny. I'm going out into the woods to die alone now. I've learned my lesson. Don't be sad for me. And she's like, fuck you. I ain't sad for nobody. And then the mom finds the Polaroid and it's just a gross old man. And then Danny never calls the police to tip them off about the mass graves in the backyard that would solve so many cold cases and give comfort to so many families. Yeah, cold cold cases going back to like the 1920s. But she does convince her parents to finally take her to the ocean. The end. What was going on, do you think? Do you think he was a rejuvenated young boy and he just 
the the photographs somehow could detect his age or was he a gross old man that just had the appearance of youth well he was rejuvenated because he became good at baseball okay but it was like a very temporary solution he had to keep on vitala sucking but if you looked at him through a any kind of camera lens, you could see that he was a gross old man. The camera shows your soul, and his soul was a gross old man. So, do you feel like he was an eternal adolescent, or do you feel like he was a gross old man in a adolescent's body? I, I believe that he aged up until he was like 90 or something, and then figured out the vitality sucking process, and th- then there's there's very it. few ways you can you can slice that where the fact that he was trying to get this little girl to like stay with him forever that's like extra creepy. He wouldn't have if she hadn't uh, discovered him his secret though. I, he was sucking I, her energy too, but she learned to but avoid he was the mirrors. Her. The very whole quickly. time he was like, "Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Danielle." Well, he was a he was, he was a weaselly creep. That's for sure. Yeah, he was creeping on her hard from the jump, and I think you know he knew she was becoming a woman under the influence of his mirrors, and it's really gross. Enjoy your youth while you can. Oh, anyways, Baywatch Nights. Boy, I tell you, I really, 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 really wanted to hate this, but I just couldn't. You couldn't because they fucking brought it. So I'm going to tell you, fine folks, about a little show called Baywatch Nights Season 2, The Cabin. So Mitch, Mitch Buchanan, played by David Hasselhoff, star of Baywatch and Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Nights, Night Rider. Baywatch Knights Rider. Yeah, that should happen. <laughs> so Mitch Buchanan uh, walks into the office carrying a fire axe, and he's bragging about uh, how he got it from the fire department. It's this old axe from uh, 1820. And he's like, I'm the best. Look at this fire axe. I got this fire axe. Whoa, I'm going to put it on my wall. Oh, and I just got just... back from my vacation at the lake cabin. <laughs> so he's, he's losing it. <laughs> He's losing his mind, and he's like, I'm going to put this, this axe on the wall. And it immediately, like, falls off, clunks him on the head, and he's like, oh, oh, my goddamn head. My first note is, Mitch drops fire axe on head, dies. Oh, man. That's a heavy fire axe. As soon as the axe hits his head, his boss bursts into the office. And like, I need you guys to check out a haunted cabin. And they're like, uh, oh, okay. He wants Mitch there because Mitch is skeptical about anything paranormal. But the other person, the woman, Ryan, is a scientist. And that means she's going to use science to prove that ghosts exist. Mm, something like that. So it's like they're trying to do Mulder and Scully, except Hasselhoff is the skeptic and the scientist is the believer. <laughs> so they head out to this old log cabin and it used to be a brothel back in cowboy times, but it was the site of a terrible massacre. Now, they're supposed to wait for their boss, but they they can't be bothered, so they just barge in. Mitch hears some old-timey singing, and he follows it through a door and finds himself in a long hallway set at a Dutch angle. He can't find his way back, but he can shout to Ryan. And she tries to open the door, but she can't. Uh, so, like, neither of them can figure out where Mitch is because he's in some other space. Like, the cabin is too small to contain 
like all these long hallways and, and these things that Mitch is seeing. So he tries one of the other doors and he interrupts a curly blonde haired woman in a bubble bath. And she says, quick, get your clothes off and get in this tub right now. And he's like, uh, no, that's fine. And he leaves. But every time he enters one of these other doors in the Dutch angle hallway, it's her. And every time she says, uh, quick, if Horace finds you, he's going to kill you. Take off your clothes. Hop in the tub with me. And this loop kind of repeats until we hear this booming, burly voice. <laughs> Not to be confused with Watcher in the Woods. Woods is coming for Mitch. And it's Horace. And so he busts in and he's like, I'm going to kill you and everyone will like you. Your days of cheating are over. And so he chucks a Bowie knife across the room and slices Mitch's arm. Mitch escapes to another room and it is littered with dead bodies. These ghosts are not friendly like Casper! Ah! Horace charges in, beats down Mitch, and then he just scampers away he from He just no leaves. Yeah. I, I was like, wh if he's so hell-bent on killing him, why does he just keep leaving? Got places to be. So Ryan eventually finds her way into the, the ghostly brothel. A well-dressed little person assumes that she's a prostitute and tells her to get down to business. I was like, oh, so in the beginning of the episode, Mitch was being so gross to Ryan. His ghost was finally exercised by a necromancer. Sounds dirty. What is it? <sighs> Subconsciously, you're attracted to me, and it's a way of getting my attention. I know you want this bone, or whatever. Uh, something funnier, like make it up in your own minds, uh, listeners. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, ugh, problematic. This shit would not fly these days. And then I, and then everyone kept telling Ryan to like get naked and like sit on their laps and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So was Mitch being like so gross because they're trying to make a point about how the old West treated women really poorly? <laughs> but I don't think no, that was the I, case. That I think he was just being gross there. I think Baywatch Nights was operating on a will-they-won't-they they, yeah. Mulder-Scully relationship. Except it was like gross old David Hasselhoff like making unwanted overtures to his much younger partner. At this point, 50 years into the run of Baywatch, the, the, the whole weave of reality is all based around Hasselhoff. So th there is no unwanted attention. <laughs> so anyway, this, this, this little person is in a brothel in his timeline, and uh, he's like, I got a bag of gold dust, so take off your clothes. Let's get down to business. But Ryan is a scientist, damn it. She knows that there's a perfectly rational explanation for what she's seeing, and that explanation is ghosts. So <laughs> she grabs a cowboy hat off a rack and performs the Kung Lao fatality and destroys the horny phantom. She, she like, destroys the phantom so hard that she blasts back to reality. Yeah, she destroys, like, that ghost dimension. So Mitch goes into a new room that has, like, a noose hanging from the ceiling, and it, it grabs his arm and kind of traps him there. And then Random Hooker comes in and tries to molest him. But then Horace busts in and chucks an axe into her face. And then Mitch Jimkata's up the noose into the rafters and then jumps down and escapes unexpected turn of events there this plot is is cooking so he finally finds a new path through the fog and wanders out onto a beach uh, uh, water themed and uh what do you know he's 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 relieved to see a lifeguard stand so he runs to the familiar site and starts pounding on the door and his voice is like go away 
Go away. Well, first he sees Ryan walking on the beach, and then she collapses, and he goes over to her, and he's like, Ryan, I'll save you. And she's like a she's like a leper ghost. Luckily, he does not kiss her. Yeah, because as we all know, the kiss of a dead leper will turn you straight ghost. Yep. No time flat. Mitch runs to this lifeguard stand, and, you know, he thinks he's he's got it made. He's like, all right, well, this is Baywatch. I, I know what happens here. So he's pounding on the door. And he's like, I need help. I need help. And this gruff voice inside is like, go away, go away. And he's like, you don't understand. I'm Mitch Buchanan. And the voice inside laughs mockingly and is like, <laughs> no, you're, no, you're not. not. Door busts open. Mitch Buchanan steps out. I am. He's got a knife and they they fight and there's like a weird kung fu arm block and it's fucking awesome and then he jumps off the lifeguard tower and goes oh mitch jumps onto the beach and lands in fucking quicksand gets sucked through the beach falls through space lands back on the beach by one of the ghost doors and then returns to the brothel uh ryan the scientist does something that's actually pretty clever she like tries to lead him in by counting. So she's counting off numbers, and uh, Mitch is like, you know, hot, you're getting colder, you're getting warmer. And they find a place where they're sort of, their dimensions are overlapping. And when they get there, and he can hear her voice really clearly, uh, there's a door, and even though she can't see it, he starts trying to break it down. The door explodes. And they find themselves staring through two smoky portals. Uh, They reach through the abyss and make physical contact. And this puts them on the same temporal axis. And then they're both blasted out of the cabin. A couple stuntmen are killed rolling downstairs. (laughs) Uh, And then eventually Mitch lands in the driveway of the cabin right by his boss. And Ryan is stuck back inside. Bubble Bath Lady explains to Ryan that Horace's farm was failing So he decided to send his wife, Sarah, to the brothel to work until they were out of debt. And then Sarah decided that she liked the work and it made Horace go berserk and kill everyone at the brothel. Horace, like, has Ryan trapped and he's getting ready to kill her. But she's like, hey, uh, you know, what happened with your wife, Sarah? You know, you know, why why don't you tell me about it? And she's trying to, like, reason with him, trying to buy time, trying to, like, talk through this this emotional encounter and it actually works like horse calms down and he's like no no no. the the brothel was actually sarah's idea i said there was other ways we could make money to save the farm and pay our mortgage but she insisted it you know it was it had to be the brothel and so she started one night a week and then it became a couple nights a week and you know she wouldn't quit she came home less and less, but she talked about what she was doing at the brothel more and more. And finally, he just he got fed up and he snapped. And that's why he decided that everyone had to die, all the prostitutes and all the people soliciting the prostitutes. So even though he's had this like emotional connection and he's revealed like the true story, he still tries to kill her. Yeah. He's like, well, now that that's done. Say your prayers. So Mitch busts in and saves her. They explode another door. Uh, Horace chases them out of the cabin. And then Mitch wakes up on his couch back at the private investigator's office. He was knocked out by the axe falling on his head. And he actually dreamed the whole scenario 
by pulling in details, Kaiser Sose style, of random things around the room. He's like, oh, those old-time cigars, and that bubble bath, and that cowboy hat, and that those cowboy boots. The boss is like, hey, come on. Let's go to this haunted house. And Mitch is like, uh, no, 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 thanks. Just then, Ryan notices the Bowie knife cut on Mitch's arm. Mitch jumps up. He swears that he'll never sleep again. And then he hobbles out, clutching his arm, rambling like a lunatic. The end. I was so hoping Horace was going to be outside the office door when Mitch opened it up and be like, Marr! Oh, yeah, you know it's a phantasm scenario where it's like, it's only a dream, it's only a dream. No, it's not. I knew it was going to be the axe bump to the head all along. Jacob's Ladder. But also Nightmare on Elm Street scenario because he got an actual cut on his arm. The person that eventually killed Horace back in the 1800s hangs herself. But when Mitch and Ryan are busting through the ghost dimension the second time, like the the corpse in the noose like starts coming back to life and reviving. Yeah. It like just, just like a random put up at spooks moment. So creepy. <laughs> so random. Such a hodgepodge mix of batshit and stain. Like they did not soft pedal the paranormal aspect like they, they jumped right in hard at the very beginning yes magnificent i'll i'll be honest having watched this episode twice and listened carefully like with my headphones they didn't scrimp on the 1800 stuff either like there's like layers of sound design and you can hear people in the other rooms that you're not even seeing hmm. And like people like talking to prostitutes and like right, old time ragtime piano. They had to do it with sound design. And there's this, uh, you know, they kind of move in and out of the scene where Horace is sort of uh, spilling his guts to Ryan. And he was like, the end of planting season and a long cold winter. And he's like going into this like lonesome dove style a monologue about life on the prairie. And it's like, they just kind of fade in and fade out of it, but they really were getting into like the Western lore. It was cool. I I really liked it, enjoyed it. I think it was like, it could have been a half hour show though. It absolutely should have been a half hour, but I think they realized that we could not handle a half hour of that intensity. (laughs) They had to pat it out. Oh my God. Oh my God. If it had been a condensed 30 minutes of ghosts, prostitutes, flying Bowie knives, flying axe kills, reanimated uh, noose corpses, time travel, different dimensions, time loops. Would have won the fucking Emmy. (laughs) (laughs) We, yes, more than more people would be talking about today for sure. Actually, I want to talk to you about things that go bump in the night. No. Let's do some ratings. Why not? No, that country air is getting to you. Yeah. For Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, time to kryptonite. Was the mirror the kryptonite? It was the machinery that both giveth and taketh. Yeah. There were some, like, loose fragments of kryptonite, but no one thing that would have In the wraparound with the Midnight Society, they reference the Polaroid. And by the way, I gotta call out the show because Kiki takes, like, four Polaroids 
in rapid succession and that's not how polaroids work so she does say like there's some tribes that believe the photograph captures the soul etc that was kind of clutch in unraveling time to kryptonite very short for baywatch nights not not applicable. Well, we should do Time to Kryptonite because it was 90s episode, and I would say cold logical science. Except they never defeated the ghosts. Oh, and also it was all a dream. Or was or it? Or was it? it, it uh, let's it, just it, skip right to what the factor. No, we're going to skip to Vink Factor because Petey Boy had some Vink Factor, and you know it. Uh, yeah, he was a crazy scientist. He was ageless. He probably had some stains on his shirt that we didn't really see. After all those mirrors on the ceiling. So what would you rate Pete's Vink Factor? 60%. 60. I mean, the, the laugh was pretty pretty unhinged. 70%? No, I, I think oh, 60 he, his is hair fair. even turned gray at one point, so... That's right. Gonna have to go 120%. No, you can't go 120%. I will cap it at 60. Body count for Are You Afraid of the Dark, as we discussed. Uncountable. Uncountable. Off the charts. I mean, actually, countable. If you have the episode in front of you, Ryan, let's count some hash marks. 21 men, 15 women, 34 kids. Oh, dude. 10 dogs. So body count for Are You Afraid of the Dark was 80. (laughs) And that's bad. It's bad when there's 10 dogs amongst that. But 34 kids? That is buck wild a lot of farm families coming through there in the early 1940s yeah i mean i don't think any episode even of like tales from the crypt killed 34 kids no way that is impressive now in baywatch nights horace killed a brothel's worth of people and so that's that's prostitutes and customers and from the cold open it looked like he was still terrorizing people in modern day yes yeah, like 90s chick rented the cabin but that ain't 80 people i feel like pd still has the edge on body count are you afraid of the dark scare factor zero that's a zero uh baywatch nights scare factor two i'd say medium because there's oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah you got hanging corpse gurgling gurgling hanging corpse uh flying axe murders horace like screaming busting in throwing knives some nice atmospheric stuff where you hear the ghostly song of like oh my darling oh my darling Uh oh my darling and then pre me to david hasselhoff and then surreal nightmarish hasselhoff on hasselhoff knife fight well, now you're just describing fantasies. Uh, Leper ghost and quicksand. Yeah, like, pretty good, pretty oh, good. Yeah. Takes yeah. it on this one. Scare slash uh, shock factor high. Gross factor for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Not not that gross. Gross factor for Baywatch Nights. You were really put off by Hasselhoff, it seems. <laughs> gross out factor. Gag me with a spoon. It really wasn't that gross, though. All, it wasn't that all. gross. I guess there were definitely some like Leper Ryan was chucked into people purposely a bit gross i think be watch nights takes it theme of cabin fever with a little summer <laughs> vacation mixed in not taking into account just pr- pretending that they were really in the cabin in baywatch and it wasn't just a dream pretty good pretty high because they were in there hallucinating and going crazy and in are you afraid of the dark i mean they they got to go outside they got to play ball yeah actually a, a lot of it happened outside of the yeah cabin. they weren't really stuck indoors and like trapped there or anything so all right totally 80s fairly low. 
hella 90s. Baywatch now, Nights, a, hella 90s. So hella 90s. 90s. You got, you got uh, like stage flats for sets. You got the high-waisted jeans. You, you got the main actress who was like very beautiful in a weird way, but like a very heroin chic in that 90s, like sunken eyes. <laughs> kind of like emaciated <laughs> a young Angie way. Harmon. Dutch angles. I mean, yeah. Th- that was like hella not so hella 90s oh and also of course like you got mitch you got the baywatch name there's nothing more 90s than baywatch and uh for are you afraid of the dark it really wasn't that hella 90s except for like sort of baggy shorts and neon t-shirts and that was about it really yeah i feel like danny's outfits were pretty aggressively 90s yeah uh what the factor for are you afraid of the dark it was confusing to me whether he was an old man in a kid's body or he was an old man that looked like a kid or an old man that had reversed the aging process Hmm. who looked young to them but was old on camera that part was definitely odd even like in the recap it was confusing like wait is he running into the chamber or like getting out of the chamber or he's trapped in there And the polarity is reversed, and then he just gets himself out of his own chamber. Like, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would give it a low to medium. What the factor? What the factor for Baywatch Nights? Just the fact that it exists for for me is a pretty gives it a pretty high what the factor. But yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty it's, wild. It's on its face, prima facie, its mere existence of Baywatch Nights <laughs> is perplexing. <laughs> And then to have a Jacob's Ladder slash, literally slash, Nightmare on Elm Street type yeah. surreal... Dreams within dreams. Time, nightmare. Time, <laughs> time dilation. <laughs> uh, time loops. Ghost activity. Uh, you know, the, this isn't really about what the factor, but their boss comes in and he's like, whatever you do, don't go in the cabin. Bye! He probably should have told them a little bit more about why they weren't supposed to go in that cabin. I mean, they were going to investigate. You, you know, you. He doesn't know. Don't go in the cabin. He knew all about the time loops and getting stuck in there and getting like uns, un, unstuck in time. Because when he came back and Mitch was outside, he was like, "You went inside. You're gonna get stuck in time forever. You're not gonna be able to get heroin, chic lady." Ryan, 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 Ryan. Right, but he showed up later after stopping by the library. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> so he he boned up and he did his research. I see. I see. Lesson learned. Are you afraid of the dark? Beware mirrors. Yeah. I'd say if you go into a place that has more than like five mirrors, maybe ask for another room. <laughs> yeah. And if they're like, oh, but all our rooms are completely covered in mirrors, then be like, eh, check please. Lesson learned. Go to the ocean. Baywatch nights. Lesson learned. Don't give Mitch a fire axe. If you and your partner are translocated in time and space, but you can hear each other, try to count off and use hot and cold to hone in on each other's position. I thought that was pretty good. Survival skills. And if a spirit starts getting frisky with you... Just get in that tub. Odd job. No. Take your hat and just... Oh. Just slice into him. Oh, so, yeah. no, did I, you I was notice? Gonna say if a if a hot ghost spirit tells me to get in a bubble bath, like I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, but you've seen The Shining. You know what those those bath ghosts At are like. At least you get those first wonderful two minutes. I suppose. All right, so let's see if we can make sense of these reviews. Kryptonite and Vink Factor. Are you afraid of the dark? Body count? Are you afraid of the dark yeah. all day? Scare factor? Baywatch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gross factor? 
Baywatch, mm-hmm. theme Baywatch. Mm-hmm. Now they're all tied up. Oh shit! Totally nineties <laughs> Baywatch. <Texas>. Baywatch. <laughs> what the factor? Baywatch. Well, I, I think we did it. All right, cool. So sorry, man. Sorry, I was like so low energy. I just I'm so tired these days. I can barely keep my eyes open. Ryan, I really need to talk to you now, Ryan. Ryan? 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 Oh, God, what a dream. I dream we covered Baywatch Nights on the show. More like Baywatch Nightmare. Am I in your nightmare or are you in mine? It's the same one. Rerun for your life!